Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. I can't hear you, church. Praise the Lord. We serve a mighty, gracious God. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I just want to pray to God before I I say anything because we are guided by His love and His grace and in everything we've sang, you can hear it really clearly. So Father, we ask that you bless this word, this preach, that you speak through me like you have through many others that you open the ears of our family here at C3 Church and those online and far beyond, that this message carries on not just to men and fathers, but to families, to those in need, to those who want to know and love you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So happy Father's Day, folks. And happy birthday to some of those people who are celebrating their birthdays today. Um, My son is not well today, but he's watching um, with my family at home. And I want to say happy birthday to him. He just turned nine. And (laughs) he, he, he was my firstborn, so he made me a father in 2014. So I'm, I'm so excited uh, about Christopher's birth. He's Christopher too, believe it or not. I always joke that his mother gave him that name so that I never make any mistakes. So now I have to walk in a way that my son can look to. It's tough. (laughs) But Christopher Chobe, happy birthday. I want to dedicate today's preach to a friend of mine who sadly is not with us today. But I celebrate him anyway. My friend Henry died of COVID last year um, in in June, actually. And um, Henry taught me the way of God. He also taught me to be the father that I have become. And everything I'm going to say to you today is a reflection of some of the messages he gave me. So I remember his family and many of those families that are not celebrating Father's Day with their fathers, but are remembering the significance of those men in their lives. Our message today fits well with reaching and shaping a generation with a message and cause of Christ. Anybody know that? Good. Because fatherhood is passed from one generation to the next, amen? And should be with the cause of Christ. Our vision is a church we see, or the church we see is Christ-centered, cause-driven, and community-focused. Christ-centered, cause-driven, community-focused. Now, I know something really important about that message. We cannot and should not do parenthood on our own. You can't. Today we honor the Father and we have to look at that example of real humanity. Today I'm also going to talk to you about some fathers who have shown us the way. But ultimately we have God the Father who gives us that template, who created it for us. There is no doubt that we know what fatherhood is. What I'd like you to take from today's preach is the examples of the role models, but particularly the characteristics that I'm going to speak about. The aspirations and the ideals of these men. And, and by the way, folks, I don't know if it's up there, but my, my preach today is called God's Love, Men, and Fatherhood. 
So to become a father, you must first be a boy. Amen? <laughs> you must first be a boy. Then become a man and then learn the journey of fatherhood. And I, had, I learned it that way. As a man, before I became a father, I was not a father. I did not understand what it meant. And I'm sure you've heard people say, you don't know what it means to be a parent. True. But you can learn. You can learn from God and you can learn from those around us. My preach today will focus on the journey to fatherhood. But I'm around if you wish to explore the journey to, the journey to boyhood as well. Now I must say this to you. A mother cannot be a father as a father cannot be a mother. We're given these roles with very specific duty and as parents required to do them together if we can. Now not all of us can or are able to and that's where community comes into play. That's where community comes into play. My father died when I was 13. Fantastic man, greatest man I ever knew. My mother raised me. Never a day did she tell me I'm your father. She reminded me that she was my mother. But she told me stories about her father, a template of my grandfather, I never met him, that I also grew to understand and learn. And most importantly, she taught me about God. There are different folk stories about Father's Day. My favorite one is about a lovely lady called Sonara Smart Dodd, who in 1908 wanted to honor and celebrate her father. Her father, William, became a single dad when his partner, his wife, died during birth of, his, of her sixth child. And to pay homage to her father and dads like him, she initially suggested that Father's Day be held and celebrated on the 5th of June, which is the day he died. But a lot happened. In most, if not all, stories, you will come across about this day. You will see that the day was meant to honor men of good standing. Men that had made a difference in their children and in their community's lives. In West Virginia in 1908, a special service was held to honor 362 men that had been killed in a mining accident. Red and white flowers were given out to honor these men, the living and the dead, in commemoration of all the fathers and the father figures in that community. It's an important day, but it is a call to action as much as it is a celebration, men, fathers, brothers. It is a call to action for us to recognize this God-given responsibility that we've been given, this honor of parenthood, of responsibility in our communities. Now, don't let it get to your head, men. Calm down. Let's not fly off. We do this with our partners, with women. We do this with our community and with friends. So let's hear what God says about fatherhood. The first characteristic I'm going to talk about today is obedience. Turn with me to Ephesians 6.4 and if you cannot, listen. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Bring them up, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. How many of you provoke your children to anger? I know I do. I know I do. Obedience is a behavior. And behaviors do not happen in a vacuum. We have to behave and act in obedience to the Lord. 
I often joke and say, if you are the man that get called to the table, honey, come down to the table for dinner. Honey, sit right, sit up. Honey, do this. Honey, do that. Your children are going to see that. They're going to watch that. They're going to see it. So behavior, obedience is a behavior. And behavior does not happen in a vacuum. Children have a duty to obey and honor their parents. But fathers, we are reminded that as parents, we have the responsibility to teach our children obedience. This is one of the most and a foremost important part of our job. In our home, Chirabo, my wife and I, we call this setting the boundaries. Let's go to Sam uh, 103 and talk about how obedience can be taught, shared, and behaved. I'll talk about compassion again, but I'm going to just say this here. As a father has compassion on his children, this is Psalm 103, 13. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who feared him. Now, David could have described God with a multitude of alternative comparisons. The boldness of a lion, he could have said. The strength of the wind, the greatness of a lion, um, the gentleness of a dove. But he chose to use love and compassion of a caring and considerate human father towards his child in order to convey the love, compassion, pity, and grace towards those who believe in him. When we believe in God, we love our children. When we believe in God, we have compassion for our children. Let's start with love. This is the second characteristic. If you can for a moment, please turn to those who you've come with, those who are sitting next to and tell them, God loves you. Could you just do that for me? God loves you. I hope you believe it. <laughs> so do our children know that they're loved? And if they do, how do they know? John 3.16 is one of the best verses for me that describes God's love. God's love is a father of all mankind and as a father of Jesus. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Listen to that promise. We have to give this hope to our children because God has given that hope to us. We see God set a clear boundary for us, his children. If we obey him, we will have eternal life. But he demonstrates his love for us to obey. Amen? He demonstrates his love for us to obey. The verse speaks of God's love for his children. That's us. But what are we ready to give up for our children? What are you ready to give up for your children? Many of you will know this story. It's a little boy who comes to his dad and says, Dad, how much do you earn? Son, you don't ask your father those questions. In my culture, <laughs> yeah, that would be real trouble. You do not ask your father how much he earns. How many of you have been asked by your children? Oh my goodness, do we still have children in this house? Yes. How many of your children have asked you how much you earn? Yeah, it happens. Now, this, <laughs> Steve, <laughs> this, this boy is sent off to his room and told never to ask this question again. The next morning, the father wakes up really worried and concerned about his son and says to him at the breakfast table, son, why did you ask me that question? You know what the, father's you know what the son's response was? He says, dad, because I would like to buy an hour of your time. 
There's so many children that can afford your hour. They can. They are. What are we ready to give up for our children? Let's look at the next characteristic, compassion. And let's explore it a little bit. This is number three. Now, I like to explain the difference between empathy and compassion. With empathy, which is a good thing, we join the suffering of others who suffer, but we stop there. Now, it's good to have empathy. It's good to have it. With compassion, we take a step away from the emotion of empathy and ask ourselves, how can we help? The action is in compassion. How do we show compassion to our children? How do we demonstrate it to them? So that they can learn how to show it to others. Christ modeled compassion for us. We see it in the way he related to the apostles and to those who killed him in the end. As fathers, we are called to show and demonstrate compassion. Let's spend more time listening, reading with our children, hearing our teenage boys and our teenage girls with compassion, being present in their development stages. Let me tell you something interesting about development stages. This is important. You act like a four-year-old and yet you are 14. Yeah, that is correct. That is the right development stage of teenage children. But what is your compassion and understanding of that stage of development? Understanding of that experience that that child is going through. Like the way God has a compassion and patience for you, for us, for me. Heed this warning. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men or women. Paraphrased. I do not entirely agree with the words, but the sentiment is true. It is easier. It is much easier to build strong and amazing children than to wait for them to grow older. So let's take a look, let's take a look at King David, a man after God's own heart. King David spent most of his life learning to be a better man. Amen? How many of us do that? Every single day I learn to be a better man. King David. He was the wise King Solomon's father. But he was also father of Absalom, whose rebellion brought bloodshed and suffering. His own life was a roller coaster. But from David we learn about God's love and compassion which later manifests in, the dozen, in dozens of Psalms, which tell us about how amazing God is and give us the guidance and the example of God. Characteristic number four, patience. A boy, a man, and a father are not the same thing. I've already said this to you. In Proverbs 22.6, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Start children off in the way they should go. And even when they're old, they should not turn from it. I have done so much to teach my children about God. Through songs, through games we play, through bringing them to church, through introducing them to other people. But I have to do more. The community around us helps us to do more. 2 Samuel 7.14 says, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. We've talked and sang about God's covenant to David. 
In this covenant to us, his demonstration of that commitment he has made to us, and most importantly, his patience is what we need to hear. God's love, his compassion, his covenant is his patience. Are we patient with our children? Do we remain steadfast and committed to our children? Do we get frustrated when two plus two equals seven ten times and they don't get it? Do we get frustrated when they can't pick up that towel on the floor? When they don't flush the toilet, my son tells us you shouldn't flush the toilet because it damages the environment and keeps walking out of that toilet and keep going, all right, I need to get the message right, but I also need to make sure this, yeah. Sorry, son. Characteristic number five. Keep your faith in the Lord and live by example and do not expect to be celebrated for it. <laughs> Keep your faith in the Lord and live by his example and do not be expected to be celebrated for it. My father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and he let me watch him do it. And when he died when I was 13, I heard stories about him to live this life that I'm living. Here, I'd like us to learn about Joseph. Joseph, the foster father, adoptive father, the earthly father. Now, big shout out to my adoptive fathers, my foster fathers, stepdads, all those men in caring roles, older brothers, grandfathers. Big shout out to you. Do we have any of those in the house? Uncles, older brothers. Let's give them a big round of applause. It is not easy to be an adoptive father. It is not. It is not easy to be Joseph. It is not easy to be told you have a child coming. Oh, by the way, this is not your child. But you need to be prepared to honor God and be this child's father on earth. This is the role we were told to do. So Joseph was a descendant of the house of King David. For those of you who didn't know it, he was a very important man. After marrying Mary, he found she was already pregnant. But being a righteous man, another characteristic we'll talk about, and unwilling to expose her to public grace, disgrace, Matthew 1.19, he decided to divorce her quietly. But then an angel of the Lord came and told him, this is God's son. And he said, okay, I will take Mary as my wife. We know he was a carpenter, man of simple means, but great resource in his skill and craft. And we know that there's not much said about him. But what we do hear is how he raised Jesus Christ. We hear that, don't we? It's almost like the most important thing they leave for us. This man raised Jesus Christ. He taught him skill. He made sure he went to school and learned about God, which then formed the scriptures. So for those of you who are still questioning that, I'll remind you. Besides feeding and clothing Jesus from birth, he sent him to Nazareth synagogue where Jesus learned to read and was taught scriptures. We also know that Joseph might have been a physically strong man to bear a long journey with Mary and to save and protect Jesus from the kings that wanted to cause him harm. Fathers like mothers are not born. Men grow into fathers and fathering is a very important stage of a man's development. We're not born as fathers. Joseph wasn't born as a father. He became one. God bestowed that upon him. Adoptive parents adopt children and have to learn it. We have to learn it. So brothers, fathers, men, read your Bible. Understand that calling from God. Understand that this is a gift, an honor, a blessing, a decision that God made for us. 
to be great men as fathers of our children. I am a CEO, but that is not my role in God's world. My role is my fatherhood role. And the day that my son and my daughter were born really made me the man I must become in the kingdom of heaven. So let's move on quickly to characteristic number six. And I'm so sorry I'm rushing through these things. I wish I could do this as a series. We've only got a couple of minutes. Resourcefulness. How many of us know resourcefulness? Working with very little to make a lot. Keeping things simple, but making sure we can make more. It was my son's birthday this week. My wife and I have discussed how we should make things happen. And often we go to places or we, we go swimming or we have bigger events. And we always look at the budget and think about how much this is going to cost. And question ourselves about whether a nine-year-old birthday should be this big. We've seen some where they spend 25,000 pounds or dollars on birthdays. Seriously, and fly in helicopters. You've not seen that? You've not seen that? Do not watch TV. Don't watch TV. Do not watch TV. It's true. So with our resourcefulness, we think carefully about how to celebrate this young man's birthday. They had the birthday at home. The biggest issue for me is that it was a four-hour birthday, three to seven. Every parent dropped off their child and went, are you sure it's seven? Seven today? And then left very quickly. And then some of them forgot to come back in time. But we had a great day. Nine children in our house. It was a blessing. The resourceful person I want to talk about is Noah. Uh, we've just had Heroes of the Bible. Fantastic series. I loved it. And I loved everyone they were talking about. And I kept saying, oh, that's my hero. You've taken my hero. But I love Noah. I love Noah because Noah built an ark. He built an ark so that we could be here today. Noah was... A good man he was a righteous man he loved the Lord and knew God he was chosen as a father by the way because he was told build an ark for your wife your sons and their wives and for animals it's very clear in the Bible God says build an ark for your family and animals he's called as a father to be a righteous good man and a man of God to save the world from the wickedness this is the role of fatherhood so, are you being ridiculed? Are you being called names? Do not be afraid. Build your ark. What is your purpose? How are you sharing this with your family? How are you explaining what your ark is? My big ark right now is getting us through this year financially. It's been a difficult year with the cost of living. There's so much in the news about the increase of prices and fuel. Some of the decisions I need to make with my wife, Chirabo, that is my arc. Where we're going to be in the next five years. How we're going to be living. Yes, my son is nine, but what's the secondary school he's going to go to? Now, we don't always have to think that far ahead. And do not feel that pressure, folks. Build your arc and have faith in God. In Matthew 6, we're reminded to be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, but to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Live by example, God says. Live by example in righteousness. In this same chapter, we're also reminded to pray and how to pray. We have so much to ask of God, but as we are taught, we must also teach our children 
the purpose and the difference prayer makes. So resourceful, number six, my last characteristics, folks, number seven. Be prayerful men. Be prayerful fathers. We cannot do these characteristics without prayer. We've been called to be leaders and protectors for the family, heads of the family. There's a reason why you weren't made hands or feet. You wouldn't do much. But you don't do it with hands and feet. You do it with a partner who's every other part of that body, with a community who is every other part of that body, with God who is every part of your body. We're called to be leaders and protectors for the family and to give an example of Christ's love by being loving towards our children's mothers. We also need to be strong in faith and to bring children up knowing what's right and what's wrong. This last verse for me, or these, these last verses for me are the most powerful verses in my life as a father. So if you're a dad, a man in a caring role, facing the juggle of life, working through debt, having to make major decisions, house extensions, you're building your ark, move from one city to the next, struggling with budgeting, cutting down, downsizing your relationship, supporting your children with exams. If you are that dad, I want you to remember this. Ephesians 6, 11 to 18. Put on the full armor of God. Stand firm. Wear around your waist the breastplate of righteousness. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I'd like to invite you all to say this prayer with me. Matthew 6, 9 to 13, our Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us and left us. And it starts very clearly with praying to God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. God bless you. Come on, let's give a proper round of applause there to Chris. You know, what we always want to say is that what we say on Sunday, we want you to be able to live out on Monday. And that's one of those words. And Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And Sunday as well, of course. Father, we pray that we will take those words and apply it to our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's just with every head bowed, every eye closed, let's just ask the, this question before we sing another song of worship. You may not be a follower of Jesus. You may never have made God your father by coming to him, calling on his name. He listens. The little verse in the Bible where Jesus says of the children, let the children come unto me. Then God's like that now as Father saying, come to me. I'm going to pray a prayer that's a prayer of devotion to him. If you've never prayed this prayer, you can use this for the first time 
or maybe reconnecting with God because you've gone away from him. And you can choose to do that on this Father's Day. At the end, if you respond, I'm going to ask you to just raise a hand or if you're online, just to write yes in the chat there. Let us know some of your details. We'd love to follow up and talk with you some more. Let's all pray this, every one of us out loud together to give opportunity this day. Say this, Lord Jesus, today I choose you. Thank you that I can know your Father as my Father. Through you, Jesus, I come to Father God. Forgive my past and give me a new start. Jesus Christ, my Lord, in your name I pray. Amen. Still with the heads bowed, eye closed. Anyone in the room here, raise your hands if you prayed that prayer first time or making a recommitment with Jesus. Or if you're online, write yes in that chat and let us know. Anybody here in the room, anyone online, go on, just raise your hand where you are right now. Saying yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, well, God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this last song of worship to our great Father in heaven. Come on, let's worship. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.